Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We're going to bring Mark Spector in in a couple minutes. I asked you for some comments on Cody Cece. Steve has texted the show to say CC has definitely exceeded my expectations, and so has Duncan Keith. Nurse has not met my expectations, so it's great that others have stepped up. Yamamoto rocks. He's such a valuable asset, so tenacious. I've remained a fan of his through thick and thin. Hope he's an order for many years to come. And nice non-call when McKinnon stapled him against the boards with a pretty vicious uh, cross-check. Uh, you know, I've tried not to talk about uh, the fish. You know what? Colorado's got a good team. The Oilers played well. I don't want to take away from how either of those two teams played. Bob, um, can you, uh, you didn't get a chance to ask Ken uh, why he didn't go get Jacob Middleton and Nick, Nicholas Delorier. Minnesota did, and they already had a bigger, tougher team than us. Guess who's going to go further in the playoffs this year? Can't wait for the Minnesota-Calgary matchup. Lucic and Gabranson will have their hands full. Uh, remember Probert, Kosher, and McCarty. Uh, they played a part in the wing success over the years. Today's Probert is Curtis McDermott, and you could have had him last fall for nothing off of waivers. Makes near the league minimum. Was he on waivers at one point? I know Seattle uh, claimed him in the expansion draft from the Kings. We've talked about him a lot. Uh, this texture comes in out of uh, Calgary and says, see, he's, see, he's been a fantastic uh, pickup, one of the best players uh, for the, the orders while he's on the ice. All right. We're going to bring in Mark Spector. Sorry, Speck, if you have to wait there for a couple minutes, we're going to head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline. Mark Spector's appearances on Oilers now are brought to you by the folks at Horse Racing Alberta Live. Standard Bed Racing's moved to Century Downs Racetrack in Calgary. You can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Speck, how are you doing? Doing pretty fair, Bobby. How are you doing? Good. What time did you get into Dallas? Uh, I don't know, about uh, 1130 Okay, well, let's cut to the chase here. We had a hell of a game last night, didn't we? We lose Speck. Speck, you there? We might have lost our man here, it seems. Well, it was a good game. Tell you what, get him back and let me know when he's back, and I'll keep banging off some texts on the... There's, uh, we'll get, we'll bring Spec back in when we re-engage. Uh, Aluminum Stick Andrew says, shame on Darnell for such a loose helmet strap. There's no reason for the helmet to come off. It was the TSN turning point last night. Well, it kind of got wrestled off his head. That was a great bit of gamesmanship from Nazem Kadri. Uh, Bob, Nurse has been an absolute rock star, but it's got to be stated, Cody Cece has been superb. Darnell Nurse is like plus 16 on the year, and Cody Cece's plus 11. It's, Cece, for me, has become a bit of a story. He's become a very um, uh, a very important th- part of things. Bob, I see that Derek, Jeremy says, I see that Derek Broussard has picked number 16. Was Benson made aware that he wouldn't play, or was he willing to give up his number from Jeremy? Um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, there you go. Bob, uh, Jacob Middleton went for the equivalent of Stuart Skinner. 
Hey, I, I, I mean, I spoke to Ken Holland before last night's game and said point blank, and my the, the one thing that I was hoping the Oilers would add was, was a little bit more size. They didn't do that. Um, there's that. Uh, Peter from Wainwright says the Oilers got screwed last night, and that's coming from a diehard Avs fan. I usually don't blame or bash the refs. It uh, was wowza. That was something else last night. They get a lot of calls. They got a really good team. And the orders played really well. And I don't want to accentuate the negative. So there you go. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Will wants to know, Bob, will the orders be interested in Carey Price in the offseason? Is a trade doable? Thank you for your uh, response in advance. I mean, that is... I, I don't know what to think there. Don't know what to think. Brendan, are we good to go with Spec again here? Or are we still working on trying to negotiate contact? We had him, and then we lost him. Yeah, he said he's struggling with bars, so I'm just going to get him on the uh, on the landline here. So if you've got a couple more texts to read, Sure, work that. your magic. This text comes in from Wendell. He's in Maidstone, Saskatchewan, and he says, Bob, why wouldn't you just draft goalies and defensemen? Every year at the deadline, they're going to be golden boys. Forwards are a dime a dozen from Wendell. Can I tell you something, Wendell? I don't think I'd often draft a goaltender before the fourth round. There's just such a wide range in, you know, if you're going to hit and miss on goalies. Plus, there's usually a decent college free agent goalie, three or four decent college free agent goaltenders every year. So I draft centers and D because centers can always move. Um, centers can always move to the wing. Another texter saying, hey, uh, please a hard no on Carey Price. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. So that's a bit of a range. Uh, this text comes in saying, Yamamoto is okay. He gets a little hot once in a while, and then that's it. But he takes way too many penalties because he's too small for what he's trying to do some of the time on the ice. I thought he played like, you know, I, could you have asked much more of Yamamoto last I know he took three penalties in the game. The one call on Makar was a terrible call. It wasn't a pick, and I don't think he should have been penalized on the play. Uh, Ken says, uh, this texture says, Bob, what are the odds of Connor McDavid losing an edge, Darnell Nurse losing his helmet, and Kane losing the puck behind him, and it all happens in three or four seconds? An overtime win wasn't meant to be for the Oilers last night, but it was a hell of a game. Uh, but two more games with Colorado to get those points back. That one comes to us from Ken. Let's bring in Mark Spector. I think we got him on the landline now. Thanks, Mac. All right, your Sorry, thoughts? On the, it was it was a fun game last night, wasn't it? Oh, just high level hockey, right? That's what I liked. It was, it was lightning fast. Uh, you know, Colorado's as, as fast a team as there is in the world, and Evan and played right with them. So that's a huge, really, really good sign that the Oilers can find themselves in that game and not just hang in for a period. They hung in the whole game. Yeah, Colorado took it from them a little in the third. I get it. But you know what? It was a 2-2 game, and hey, we all watched the replays. Every single Colorado goal had a massive element of luck to them. I'm not saying that they wouldn't have scored without any luck, but each one of their goals was, you know, and... <laughs> And how about this, Bobby? Who, if I told you there's going to be one guy in the league that's going to figure out a good play in overtime is to rip the defenseman's helmet off his head, uh, would you have guessed who the player would be that would figure that out? <laughs> Nazem Kadri all day. I mean, I just I, all day I, long. <laughs> I looked at Cam as the overtime started and saw that it was McDavid against Kadri, and I thought that first game that Connor played in Toronto and Kadri won the draw. And then he 
slung, remember he slingshotted himself, he grabbed Connor's jersey and got inside position on Connor, knocked Connor off balance, and Connor was yep. like, that's a penalty all day. It ain't a penalty in overtime. And, I, and I'm pretty overtime. sure, and I'm pretty sure, Mark, the last time I checked, you're not allowed to rip a guy's helmet off either. But it's not a penalty in overtime. And I'm not, here's, I've, I've twice now said, I don't want to, because we're getting lots of texts. I don't want to take away from what Edmonton did last night by whining about five to two. Colorado's got a good team. Yeah, there could have been a couple called the, you know, Yamamoto getting, you know, slammed into the turnbuckles and grinded down by McKinnon. Dry Settle took a, you know, uh, the one that McDermott, but I, I just want to say right now, the Oilers played so well. I don't want that to be an excuse for why they right. didn't win. They played well. They could have won. Mark, they gave up 16 shots at even strength to the Colorado Avalanche. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, and no goals, five on five. And you know what? I'll say this. I, I'm not going to defend the rest, but I've, I've never seen a penalty called before at any point in the game for taking a guy's helmet off. Have you? Yeah. Have you ever seen that penalty call? That's gamesmanship. I've never seen it called. Like, I'm not saying it's legal. Some guy can go to the rule book right now and probably dig through there and find that it's illegal. But I've never seen that called. That, that's, you know what? That is gamesmanship, man. That's a guy that he should get an assist on that goal because that play called the game-winning goal last night. And uh, <laughs> anyway, they were, they all kinds right of shenanigans there. and all kinds of fun. They were right there with that team. And you know what? <laughs> Landis Cog's a heck of a player. Gerard's a really good defenseman, right? But the reality of the situation, and you know, Lekkinen's going to come in and play further down the lineup for them, you know. But the reality and of Cogliano. the situation, the, the, the is going to be a fourth-line left wing. Um, but I'm here to tell you. That the Edmonton Oilers, you know, Nugent Hopkins not having him playing 3C first PK first power play, that offsets. It's a huge game changer. And and they had some guys like, they ran hot, their top four or five guys. I think Hyman in particular is the guy right now that looks like he he's really going to need Nugent Hopkins to come back here because I think he's going to see his minutes decrease. I kind of like what we saw. Like, I was kind of thinking to myself, you know what? It's not every night. McDavid's only going to get one point. You know. <laughs> yeah, like, no, that's fair. Listen, you know, no, they had things, and, and again, the PK got a bad rap last night. Let in two goals that were both goofy, weird goals. Now that power play had a ton of looks. Like, holy man, they come off the right side, and it's it's a good looking power play. But they got a couple lucky goals. Whatever, you know. I think what we should mention that I think was completely lost in last night's game was Mike Smith uh, was very good. Right, oh, yeah. Mike Smith was very good. I mean, the overtime goal. There's absolutely no prayer, and the two goals in regulation were goofy, weird goals that you know just that he had no control over. So, you know what? This is a goaltending tandem here that I get it. Most of our listeners don't like it, and I understand why. But it is predicated on two guys, and that's how it's supposed to work, and that's how it worked last year. And if Mike Smith gets back to playing, and you get two guys going here, and Koskinen's playing at the level he's at you might just have for the last 20 games here enough goaltending to really make a push 10-1 and 2 a 2.56 goals against average and a 921 save percentage in his last 13 starts for Miko Koskinen who's got he's 23 9 and 3 on the season this year of course he did have a bad 0-5 and 1 run during the middle of a 2-11 and 2 stretch for the Edmonton Letters Sportsnet yeah. spec for the horses and horse racing in Alberta the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing industry live standard bit racing's moved to Century Downs racetrack in Calgary 
you can watch and wager at hbibet.com. All right, so uh, tough back-to-back <laughs> tonight. We'll get to the trade deadline stuffs back in the next segment, but they get Dallas yep. tonight. We know Miko's starting. He's got great career numbers against Dallas. This the, the, When the two teams met earlier in the year, it wasn't close. Dallas outshot Edmonton 33-22. They had the puck a lot off face-offs. Dallas is an excellent face-off team. This is, and Dallas is a real good home team. They're a below average road team, but they're a real good home. They're an older team. They're the fourth oldest team in the NHL. Your thoughts on the matchup tonight? Well, they're all their their leading scorer is Joe Pavelski. Like, you know, good for Joe he, to be leading an NHL team in scoring at this point in his career. But I don't think that's how it's supposed to flesh out here. Um, you know what? It's going to be a funny game, Bob. And here's why: I mean, the Oilers are on the back. Not only are they on the second end of a back-to-back, but last night was a very emotional, charged, a bit of a special night. Uh, it's just a game that that nobody thought we'd see. It was really something. Very difficult to come back and, and sort of, you know, match that electricity. But the Dallas Stars are coming off a big, long Eastern road trip here, and I don't have to tell Oilers fans what their team looks like often on the night that they open up at home after a long Eastern road swing. So there's points there for Edmonton. Koskinen's, you know what, I was just looking at some stats that Sportsnet provides for us, and since January 22nd, so that's what, last two months, uh, in terms of winning percentage, he hasn't started as many as Markstrom. He's about five or six starts short of Markstrom, but uh, Miko Koskinen's winning percentage is the best in the league in the last two months. And on the road, uh, over the whole season, his winning percentage is like top three in the league. So he's he's been excellent on the road. And uh, you know what? A little bit of goaltending tonight and uh, maybe a little bit of jump for an Oilers team that, that's facing Dallas coming home. And uh, you get two, uh, three out of four points on this trip, you'd be awfully happy. All right. Uh, we'll have more with Mark Spector. Uh, we had Ken Holland on in the last segment before Speck joined us. We're going to talk about the body of work, uh, the trade. De- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Headline, uh, it will start with the Oilers and then branch out around the league as well. You're listening to Oilers now, and it's 1247 in Edmonton. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. He'll shoot it, scores! in front of the net. Looks like Radulov got a piece of it. A power play goal. It's one nothing Dallas. Klingberg to Hintz. He'll go right across. Scores. Jason Robertson on the right wing. Wires it home. Now to Gurianov. Makes the move. And a low breakaway. Scores. Skinner on a redirect. Oilers the other way. Two on one. Dry sidle with McLeod. Dry sidle to McLeod. Scores. Ryan McLeod puts it home. On the pass from Dreisaitl, and that cuts the Dallas lead to 3-1. Dallas was a yeah. better team. They That's went it. 4-1. It's that yeah. simple. No, they, they deserved it. They get a yeah. couple of power play goals. Do the Stars. They win this game 4-1 over the Edmonton Oilers. 
It was the start of a three-game road trip. The Oilers then went to Arizona the next night, hammered them, and then uh, ended up beating Vegas for the second time this year. Bob Stoffer joining you from Dallas, Texas. It's 12.50 in Edmonton. Oilers now by our, uh, with our title sponsor, and that is Digitex, digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. So we re-engage Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing. Alberta live standard bed racing has moved to Century Downs Racetrack in Calgary. You can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Uh, so, uh, Spec, Bobby, we, we had Ken Holland on the show. I know you were, uh, in the avail yesterday in uh, Denver. You joined us yesterday on the show as well. You've had a day to uh, digest it. Now your thoughts on the trade deadline that has come and passed for the Edmonton Oilers. Well, you know, here's one of the things that Ken Holland gets a bad rap about, and that's the ability to be creative and do some of the cap gymnastics that other teams who are capped out do to bring players in. And I think what I, I thought, you know, I'm not going to say that what they did was was so deep and intelligent, but I thought it was it was quite smart the way they he had that Kulak deal in the bag. And he said, look, sit on this deal for a second. If I can find another deal, I'm going to come back to you and ask you to hold to eat 50% of this contract. And he did. He found the deal for Broussard, and Philly was going to have – they were going to retain 50%. Montreal said, okay, we'll retain 50 but now you got to ship us a seventh. Uh, and, you know, that was – to me, he, he got two players instead of just getting one player because they went about it a little bit smarter. So I thought that was good for Ken Holland yesterday. How impactful do you think Kulak – and Broussard are going to be? Well, they're depth guys. You know, they're depth guys. So how, here's how Broussard, Broussard is going to be impactful. You know, Broussard's an older player. Um, he's very smart, and he's very skilled. He's still got the skills, the puck skills, of a guy that was a first-round pick. You know, he never turned into that player. I get that. But now he's 34 years old. How's he going to be impactful, Bob? He's the guy that when he gets a chance in a playoff game, and there's not many for the fourth line, right? They don't get many scoring chances. But if you got a guy down there with some hands and with some skills, he can, he can make the chance count. So if a fourth line gets you a goal, every what is it bob is it two goals in a series sure you know those are huge goals right they're huge goals when you get them in the playoffs so to me that's what Derek Broussard does for you and and Kulak will play more I think Kulak will kill penalties here and uh, I think you guys will I think the, the listeners out there are going to like uh, Brett Kulak he's a he skates well he's got good size he's not a big mean guy like a good Branson or McDermott by any means but uh, he's a nice compliment and I think you'll find that they'll put an offensive type guy with him a barrier or a Bouchard at times and I think he'll work well with that player yeah I think we're going to keep seeing Keith and Bouchard, and I think Kulak ultimately will play with Tyson Berry. Uh, for yeah. me, the addition of Derek Broussard sort of resembles a little bit uh, when Pete Shirelli went out and got David DeHernay. And DeHernay sure. didn't do a lot for the Oilers, but in Game 5 of the series against San Jose, he helped mm-hmm. them win that series, right? Like, he scored... He did. And he was also involved in the game tying goal. I believe it was Clefbaum with a bomb from the point. And then he was out there with dry settle and, and, you know, I mean, his one moment where he came through for the Oilers was on that night. And I wonder yeah. about with Broussard, like, you know, I, I could foresee a scenario where he might play a little bit of center, might play a little bit, uh, fourth line left wing. Is going to give you some options. 
I do think we're going to see against San Jose, and I think that's the right team to do it. Don't know if Nugent Hopkins, Ken Holland's saying today, Nugent Hopkins, it's, he's going to play either Thursday or Saturday in Calgary. 100% we're going to see both Broussard and Kulak in. So, Mark, is it you know, fair to... Is it fair to uh, yeah, 100% they'll be in against San Jose, those two guys. Is is it fair to include the Kane acquisition in the body of work for Ken Holland this year? Oh, I think you have to. It's you know I always say this, Bob. Listen, every GM has his mistakes and every GM has his victories. You can't just count the mistakes and blame them and find different reasons for the victories. So if you're going to get on Ken Holland about things like Athanasio and Athanasio and um, you know things that you, you know, his goaltending situation and things that you're allowed to look at Ken Holland and say, you know what, those didn't work out for you. You can't just say, well, Evander Kane doesn't count. <laughs> Hey, there was a bunch of teams that wanted Evander Kane. I get it. Evander Kane had the final say, and he picked Edmonton, and we all know why. He wants to pump his value up. He's going to need a new contract on July 1st. We all get that. But, yeah, Ken Holland gets credit for Evander Kane. He gets credit. And if, if he gets credit for Broussard and Kulak, and if they somehow don't work out, Bob, he's still going to get credit for him, right? Yeah, well, here, I'll just throw this everybody's way in Evander Kane. I don't know what's going to happen with Evander Kane in the offseason, but what I do know is this, because I've had agents directly call me. Hey, Stoff, you know how Kane's performing there? Theoretically, how do you think player X would do in that spot on the top six playing on a team with McDavid and Drysaddle? How do you think my guy would do there? Let's just say... The opportunity presents itself. My guy needs, uh, he needs a, a new start. He needs to get out of that, the organization that he's in right now. You think Edmonton might be open to that? I'm like, well, it all depends on price point, doesn't it? But don't think, Mark, because you know this is the case. You know, there's agents sitting there going, they're kind of watching that situation with Kane going, you know, I got a pretty good player too. He's, he's had a tough year here, but, uh, he could, he could look pretty good there. Because I'm not, right? Like, I'm looking at Hyman, McDavid, Drysa. I know the fans love Pulley Harvey. They do. I don't think Yes is ever going to, well, never say never. You know, he might, it might click in in terms of, you know, processing the game and, and, and continuing to grow off. I think Yes is going to be a 20 to 25 goal scoring. Like, I don't think he's going to be 30 to 35. But I think you can live with Yamamoto and Paul Yarby as two of your three top three right wings. And we know that Hyman's in the mix. But in a perfect world, Nugent Hopkins is still a third-line center that plays first-unit PK, first-unit power play mark. So yep. there's going to be an opportunity for a left wing out there. And if you don't think for a second that there aren't a lot of agents sitting there looking at it going, oh, yeah, my guy, my guy might be able to get close to that. My guy might be okay there if he gets moved there. Well, and and the, the, the beauty of Edmonton, Bob, is, you know, sure, when you're, every guy wants to come and play with McDavid. I mean, let's go right back to Milan Lucic, right? Come here yeah. to the UFA. He says, I'm coming here to play with McDavid. And it lasted like about a half of three quarters of a season. And he couldn't keep up the bit. Poor Lucic couldn't keep up to McDavid. And he wasn't playing with him anymore. But... Every guy wants to play with McDavid, but here's what I want to say. The beauty of coming to Edmonton, if you're the player that you just described, Bob, is if for some reason you don't click with McDavid, then you get Dreisaitl. 
I'm not sure who's a better passer out of the two guys, right? You know, like we could sit here the rest of the show and make a case for which guy's a better setup man. Um, and if for some reason that doesn't work out, or let's say one, let's say McDavid and one of McDavid and Drysaddle are out of the lineup for a little while, you know who's going to fill in as your centerman now? It's going to be it's Nugent not. Hopkins. <laughs> so, so if, if I'm a winger, yeah, this is a hell of a team to come to. There's not many teams. I'm not saying. I mean, I will say there's not many teams with better center, better looks down the middle than this club. There's no question they got top two leaders in scoring in the league. And the third guy's Nugent Hopkins is one hell of a hockey player. So yeah, it's a good place to be a winger up here right now. I got a fourth guy coming too. He's coming. McLeod's coming. He's probably going to be a third line center in his career, but he's coming and he can skate. He's got a dimension. Sportsnet Spec will continue with me. It's 1258 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Background 104-105. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.